Okay, sorry, pray. In a minute, I want you to just pray. Commit to lean to God's hands. For God has brought you here for such a time as this for a particular purpose. I want to pray that God will grant you the grace to comprehend and apprehend His word. That every word that will be spoken here today, right from the Bible study to the main word illustration to the announcement, anything that will be said today will impact your life. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For your word is more to be desired than gold. Yea, even the finest gold of coffee. Said your words have made me ten times better than my instructors. Oh, how shall the young man keep his ways pure? Except he heeds your word. Said the words that I speak unto you, they are spirits and they are life. They impact a certain kind of life in your life. Pray that, Lord, even as you're about to hear these words, we pray that may we not only be hearers of the word, deceiving ourselves, but may we be doers of the word. In the name of Jesus, we pray that. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, so since um, we are in the month of February, hallelujah, we are, we are going to discuss the, the topic of love. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. It's not, a, it's not a, the kind that you are thinking about. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So, within three three Sundays, we would. I think love. We've done it here over and over and over again. But we. I mean, revision is not bad. Amen. Amen. So we, we look at the topic of love from another perspective. Um, how many minutes we have? We have about um, twenty-two minutes. Okay. So um, the first statement is that. The, the basics, okay, or the, the foundation of Christianity is love. Hallelujah. Amen. When you take love out of Christianity, it fails to exist. Because when we start, even with the basic scripture, John 3, 16, it begins, for God so love. So the whole, everything we are seeing about God, all the things that God is doing, is actually as a result of his love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have eternal life. So the whole idea of Christianity is actually centered on the discourse of love. Amen. Amen. Of course, once again, the importance of love, um, we see in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, where he mentions three things which I define as being spiritual. When you say someone is spiritual, for me, I simplify it, someone who has faith, who has hope, and someone who walks in love, okay? So, Paul then will emphasize that amongst these three, love is the, is the greatest, hallelujah. So, the, the importance of love cannot be, cannot be overemphasized. Okay, so we will define love. In fact, I, I, I don't even know how to define love, okay? Words cannot define love, hallelujah. It's actions, hallelujah. You know, someone say, I, I, someone, I saw some, someone said, I love you, I cannot express it. And the person said, won't you, bro? It's English you lack. Amen. So, um, we will come to the definition of love later on, but I'm sure we know there are different forms of love. Like yesterday, when I, was, when I was studying it, I came across nine, nine types, okay? The first one, as we all know, is agape, which is what we are going to center on. Then we have 
philia or philios, which pastors explain to us, okay? Um, that is friendship love. Love that exists between friends, okay? Then you have eros, which is a romantic love between husband and wives. Okay, that's that's all. Then we have what is called stoji, which is the love that you have for your family members. Okay, you know, there's some kind of bond between family members. Then we have another one. Um, these ones are not really common. Okay, the first one is called um, philusia, which is self-love. Okay, I'm sure we'll be using that term. So I'll, I'll talk a bit about that. Then we have what is called pragma, which is compassionate. You know, when sometimes you see someone, you have compassion. You don't know the person from anywhere. But there is some kind of compassion that, you know, you extend to that person, okay? Then we have what is called mania. Mania stands for obsessive love. Then we have xenia from xenos, which means stranger. Okay, so that talks about a person, you meet a stranger and you are naturally hospitable to that person, okay? So all these things are, we have ludus, we have other, other things, okay? But the common one that we usually talk about are uh, agape, philia, or philios, eros, and at times we talk about study. Okay, so all these are various forms of love. You see, in the Greek, unlike English that we use one word for love, you know, the Greek language is so rich that they can they can define they can use these words when they are talking about love based on the kind of love that you are talking about. For example, if we are talking about um, how do you call it? love you have for your, your your mother or your you still use love. If you are using the love that wife has for her husband or vice versa, you still use the word love. But for the Greeks, based on the kind of love that they want to interpret, they use these words. Okay. So anytime you are reading your Bible, it's always good for you to if you have the strong Concordance, okay. Always search for it and see which kind of love that is used about it. I think one day, Pastor, uh, I think on the NMTC field, one, uh, one of the prayer meetings, you know, um, that's John 20, 21, chapter 20 or 21, where Jesus asked Peter, Do you love me? And he said, Yes, okay, if you love me, feed my, my flocks. He used that three times. You ask yourself, Why is he repeating the thing three times? Okay, until you go and search that. He, one of them uses filio, then the last one uses agape. I use it. Uh, so he wanted to 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 let Peter, um, how do you call it, know whether it's just a friendly love or it's just an agape love. Okay. So anytime you are reading it, you always go the extra mile to look at that. Okay, so now let's start. I'm going to start from the basics so that you would understand what love really is. Amen. Amen. So that you know, when you are you are showing forth agape, which we will define, and we talk about an unconditional love, okay, you see that if you understand what agape is, then you will never be hurt, or you never expect something from that person that you are extending agape to. You will see that it's a sacrificial form of love. Okay, so all love, we have what is called the natural love. All the other loves that we talk about, the eighth one, the, the other eight we talk about are called natural love. The agape is the only spiritual love. So, the first one I'm, I, I want to make is that don't expect agape from someone who has not been regenerated. I'll give you scriptures to, to back this. So, you know agape is it's an unconditional love. It's a sacrificial love. 
you are you as a Christian, you have received the life of God inside of you. You have a roommate who is not a serious Christian. Okay, you are the one exuding and exhibiting agape and unconditional love. I remember when I was level 100, I had some roommates being common what for. He didn't do anything in the, in the room. I was the one who was cleaning the room every single time for one whole year. Are you seeing this? Some of you, you get angry and then you get tired. You say me too, I'll not do it. Are you seeing it? Or you start talking. But you see, you have to understand that you, you don't expect agape and unconditional love from someone who is not born again. If you are doing that, your expectation may never be met and you, you get um, disappointed. So agape is a spiritual love. Amen. The rest are natural. Good. Now, when you talk about these natural forms of love, okay, they all stem from what is called self-love. Self-love. Self-love means that the natural man wants things that seeks his or her own, you know, goodness. Goodness. Something that will bring him or her joy. Hallelujah. So, and, and of course, we can trace this, when you do evolution, you can trace this as what is called the survival of the fittest. So everybody wants something that will make him or her survive. Hallelujah. So if you look at it, that's, that's, that's the stem of all selfishness. Because everybody wants something that will make him or her happy. Okay? You want to be comfortable in life. Naturally. That is the tendency of every one of each and every one of us. That's, that's the, natural, the natural tendency. Hallelujah. Okay, so that is what is called self-love. Okay, one writer says something. He says that every rational being spontaneously desires to be happy or fulfilled and cannot not want that. Hallelujah. So every natural person, every if you are you are as he said, you are a rational being, okay, at your core, you want you know to be happy, you want to be fulfilled. That's, that's it, naturally. You want to survive. You want to do everything that will give you happiness, joy. You want to survive. You want to do everything that will make you self, self, self. And you can trace this, you know, from the ancient people, okay? What is called the survival of the fittest, where they will do everything to survive. They are tribes and everything, okay? So this is how naturally a natural person thinks. That's how a natural person thinks. Amen. So then if you bring the concept of agape, which is defined as an unconditional love. Okay? Which, which comes from the essence of that person. Okay? Who you really are. I'll, I'll, I'll make a very important difference. You cannot love outside who you are. Okay? So, agape then is an unconditional love. Secondly, agape is a love that comes from the source but it's independent of the recipients. So agape does, you see, you don't look at the person and say, okay, I, because you are this and this and that, that's, that, I mean, I love you. Because, okay, so for example, if you see John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, okay, that he gave his holy begotten son. If God was looking at the nature of the world before he could extend love, then you realize that God, the world would never deserve God's love. Hallelujah. So agape it's a form of love which is independent of the recipient. So you don't look at who the person is, what the person has done to you in order to exude or demonstrate 
agape. Hallelujah. So it's, it's an unconditional love. And secondly, okay, it's, it's independent on the recipient or the subject of love. The third thing is that agape is sacrificial in its intent. A sacrifice. So if I ask you, give me one synonym of love, agape. Give me one synonym of agape. A sacrifice. And if you've been here, you know that sacrifice is something that we, we always talk about. Okay? So that's why even in the demonstration of God's agape, it came as it came in the sacrifice of a son. Hallelujah. So you don't exude agape. And as pastor told us last week, when you say you are sacrificing something, you, you are bearing the thing. You, get, you don't expect anything back. This is the kind of life that you've been, you've been called to live. Amen. Agape. Now, the other thing that I'm going to say is that self-love, which I talked about, okay, which is a primitive form of love, the love that is in a natural man, okay, it is distinctive from agape. Agape is a spiritual love. Agape is the kind of love that is only found in God. God is the only source of agape. Outside God, there is no agape. Hallelujah. Now, let's go to 1 John chapter 4. Verse 7, 8, and 9. Then um, I can be bringing the, conclude, the introductory part of this subject to an end. 1 John 4, 7. Is anyone there? Okay. Or I should read. Okay, so he says, Beloved. Now he's calling the Christian beloved. When you look at the word beloved, it means agape. So he said that when you say beloved, it means that someone who has been loved. So he's calling you beloved. That means that God has extended his love to you. You have received the agape of God. That's the reason why Paul was calling them beloved. And that comes with the responsibility. So after calling them beloved, he goes ahead to say, let us what? Agape one another. Are you seeing it? That means that you can never show agape if you have not received agape. Are you seeing it? So beloved, let us what? Love one another. Mm-hmm. For agape is of God. Agape, the, this love that we are talking about, it is only from God. It is of God. He is the, he is the source of agape. Outside God, there is no agape. Outside God is selfish love. Outside God is eros. Outside God is, you know, the maximum you can get is filial. Okay? Or you can even get maybe brotherly love. That one, you don't, even if, no matter how, um, how do you call it, unspiritual you are, you still have some love for your relative. Are you seeing it? Uh-huh. But when it comes to that sacrificial love, that agape that we are talking about, this kind of life that we are talking about, later on you will see, next week you look at the power of agape where agape has the power of transforming lives hallelujah you are in the roommate with a roommate the roommate is not doing anything you are the one sweeping as, as i witnessed in my life i was the one always cleaning the place sweeping every day every day can you do it for one year <laughs> you get tired hallelujah you get tired are you saying but later on the guy noticed what i was doing and the guy was changed the guy was transformed hallelujah love transforms so you see that so this kind of agape that we are talking about he said that it is of God. Okay? So God is the source of agape. And when you receive his love through Jesus Christ, because for God so loved the world that he gave. So the way God gives agape is in giving of Jesus Christ. So anyone that receives Jesus Christ has indirectly or directly accepted the agape of God. 
So now, you also become a source of agape. Hallelujah. Then you can also extend agape to another person. Are you seeing? And when that person also receives the agape, that person also becomes the source of agape. And the person can also, you know, transfer the agape to. And that is how the church was born. When you talk about the early days, the early day church, that's how they grew. That, that's the power of agape. Hallelujah. So, this love that we are talking about, as, as a Christian, you see, we should not joke with it because that's the power of the church. I told some people one day that, you see, debates and arguments, okay, will never win any, any Muslim. Debates, arguments. There are some people that, that are mentally, you know, that when you talk with them, intellectually, maybe they will. But most of them, if you look at how people have, Muslims have been, have been converted, it is all through the demonstration of love. Hallelujah. That's the power, the invisible power. So anyone who works really in agape, next week we look at First Corinthians 13, then we also we compare it with Romans 13, they are all 13, 13. Okay, then we look at Matthew chapter 5. And we see how practically we, we work in agape. Okay, then let's continue. And everyone that's, that's what, that's agape, everyone that's, that's what, that laughs, is what, is born of, are you seeing it? So, if you are not born of God, you cannot agape. Are you seeing it? And, and, and you see, but when I saw this, I was like, okay, if this is true, either most of us are not born of God, because when you look in the church, there are a lot of selfish people. Most of us are not working in agape. Most of us are seeking the highest good of ourselves. Self, the self-love is still there. The natural form of love is still what is ruling in our lives. Then I realized that, he says that, and everyone that agapes is born of God and knows God. So, you can be born of God, eh? but if you don't really know this God that we are talking about, and of course, the theme for, for uh, this year is what? Knowing God, right? He's saying that if indeed you are born of God and you know this God that we are talking about, hmm, the, the word know over there also has a meaning, okay? It's a kind of, for example, the Bible says, and Adam knew his wife Eve, and they gave birth. They gave birth to. How come? Okay, so that means that the know over there is something else. So you see that here means that, and if that person fellowships with God, fellowships with God, then the, the person will agape. Amen. Okay, five minutes more. And he goes ahead and says that he that agapes not, or he that loves not, Knoweth not God. Full stop. It's so clear. Are you seeing it? Don't go in. It's clear. It's over there. Then he goes ahead. He ends the verse 7 by saying that for God is love. Can you see there? For God actually is for God is the source of love. God is the source of agape. God is the source of agape. Amen. So um we can read verse verse 8. Let me just finish it. Verse 8. Nine ten, okay. Oh, can someone read for us? If, if you're there, verse eight, nine, ten. As I end, whoever does not love does not know God. Mm-hmm. For God is love. Okay, I have explained that. And God showed His love for us by us, sending His only Son mm-hmm. to the world, so that we might have life. Him. Okay. Here, continue. Rest in. Rest in. Rest in. 
This is what love is. It's not that we are what? We are, it's not that we, we, we are gapping God first, but what? And he loved us and sent us a son. Uh-huh. Okay. At the last, the eleven. Dear friends, okay. if this is how God loves us, mm-hmm. then we should love one another. If this is how God loves us, are you saying it? Then we also ought to love. The question you have to ask, how did God love us? Because he's saying that we should love one another. And and he's telling you how God loved you. God loved by giving his only son to people who were not deserving. So he's telling you that if indeed you also are supposed to work in agape, then that implies that you must also be willing to give your best even to people who do not deserve it. That's agape laid for you. Hallelujah. This is the foundation of Christianity. How many of you can walk this life? Hallelujah. So next week, you pick it from 1 Corinthians 13. Then you go into details. All the 16 things about the love is this life. Please memorize it before you come. Yeah, 16. <laughs> okay, you can use I have a mnemonic that I use. Maybe I'll share with you. So you can remember all the 16. Yeah, that's nice. Okay. Then you will switch to Matthew chapter 5. Then you will see that Matthew, the whole of Matthew chapter 5 is talking about the beatitude and the sermon on the mountain. It's talking about this agape life that God has called us to come and live. So he begins by saying that blessed are you see, blessed that. That is to say that this self-love that we are talking about, which talk about happiness, okay, true happiness lies in someone who is working in agape. True happiness. True, if you want to be happy in life, then it's not self-love itself, okay, you doing your do, doing everything at your best to try and then satisfy yourself. Now you see, the Bible says that, that does not even satisfy you. What would really satisfy you? Is someone who is working in agape and it's quite contradictory to what we think hey if i give my best to someone i have food if i'm supposed to to eat the food and i, I give the food to someone not even share it <laughs> i give the food to someone how does that give me satisfaction so when you go when you go take your time and read blessed are this, the same as happy are this happy are this he goes ahead to say happy are those who are persecuted how 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 come persecution gives a form of happiness are you saying then you go and say that we are the salt of the world Pastor, that are you, if you are salt, what what are you? You are giving taste to. If you are light, you are giving what light to other people. So it's really about the agape, all of them. Then it, it will go from verse thirty-eight to forty-eight. Talking, if someone slaps you, turn the other cheek. You look at all the implications of that and how to walk this transcendent. We call it the transcendent life of Jesus Christ, a higher form of life where you live beyond reproach. When people does anything to you, you understand this, but they don't have the agape love. So you understand, okay? So they are killing you, but you are still showing them love, like Peter. They are stoning you. Say, Father Lord, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Jesus Christ hanging on the cross. They are killing him. Father Lord, forgive them. That is the manifestation of agape. When you are walking in true agape, you know, all these little, little things that people do to you, and then you are angry, don't talk to them for one whole year, and you know, you realize that you are, you are really being childish. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So this is the, introdu- the introduction to the, the subject. Next week, we will continue. Amen. Amen. Thank God no one has any questions. Matilda, please, you have a question. You don't have a question. So you see that this Christianity thing that we're talking about, is I know that she'll say yes. Okay, you don't have any question.
Thank God. <laughs> Amen. Right, you have a question. Maybe you have a question you, you can ask before Pastor would just say something. You have a question. Come again. Okay, so ideally, once once you're a believer, no, no one should even no one should even tell you to, to enter that agape. That should be your natural way, okay? But you see, agape does not expect. Are you using this? You are not giving this person this because you expect that the person will pay. Hmm. So if the person reciprocates the agape, fine. That's why the Bible said, He says he came to his own. But the people that he came to see, they did not even receive him. But as many as receive. So some would reciprocate, others will not reciprocate. Are you seeing it? But your aim is that because I am just someone who is born of God, I am someone who is sacrificial, I am someone who has the nature of God, I am someone who has the agape of God, my natural way of life is just exuding agape. Okay, I, I just exude it. If you return it, it's fine. If, if not, I still move on. Okay, I'm not going to explain it, so I'll, I'll be disappointed. I, hmm, it's not easy, right? So, um, God bless you for the Bible. So you see, do you know why our world keeps failing at love? You know, we keep failing at love. Do you know why? It's because we've come to the place where we define love by actions. We are defining love by what people do. So when someone buys their flowers, that must really be love. When someone shows kindness, you know, so I think Bryce said in the beginning that in the Greek and Hebrew, they have a very rich language. So instead of lumping everything together and say, okay, I love God, I love my mother, it's the same love word that's being used by, like, by the sentence, love, love, I love God. So it, it has not afforded us to really understand the real implication of things. Now when Bible says, love God, you know, it is not the love you think. You know, that's why Jesus will come and say, those who obey my commandments are those who love me. He's not saying those who buy me flowers, because where are you going to find him to give him the flowers? He says, if you obey my command, the litmus test of your love for me is your obedience to my commandments. Nothing else. That's love when it comes to God. But in your mind, it's romantic love. Tell me something nice. Tell me, you know, treat me good. That's why people think God doesn't love with them when they go through affliction. When you don't pass your exam, then you feel God doesn't love me. Why? You are defining love in terms of actions and gifts, human love. You know, how could you define love as the cross that for God so loved the world? And the symbol of that love is the cross. And the cross represented pain represented rejection you know christ was for the first time said the, the father took his face away from the son that's love how do you ever explain to anyone that rejection is love so the picture we've painted in our minds as to what love needs to be is why we've never experienced love it's why we've never really walked in the love of god it's why we never really embrace the love of God when it comes. He said, those he loves, he corrects. Ah, the corrections of God. The pain that comes with correction. How many people have been corrected before anything? Like your mother corrected you in public. 
Our parents are that bad. Not calling you after hours in the presence of your friends. I remember one day they sent me to buy kusi or something for my dad. And then I went to, you know, when I was coming back, I saw my friends playing football. So I put the kusi by the by the small pools. You know, it was a small two break. You know, that was the pool. Two of them and the other. I put it by the side that was closest to the road. Then I joined them. The kusi was black. I played and I forgot that I was sent. We played and we changed over. <laughs> yeah, we were playing from this side to this side. Then after a while, we decided that maybe the field has slowed. And the other people are getting some advantage. So we do want to come to the other side. Then we changed. We were playing not knowing. When they sent me, they made a calculation that like maybe in 10 minutes, I'll be back. So they started preparing the cuckoo for my dad. <laughs> The cuckoo was done. My dad waited and waited. The cuckoo was cold. As I was playing, I just realized that people just stopped and were looking. I didn't know what was happening. Charlie, I took a slap from behind. When I turned my face, it was my mother. You know, I was small at the time, so she just held my chest and carried me. Hey. This was on a Saturday. You can imagine Monday. Because in those communities, it's not like oh, someone is going to school and Ungwa is all We all go to the same <laughs> Charlie, people had to mimic how funny my face looked. And the tears. Like, I'm trying to do hard work. The tears the tea was painful. Premium. The tears were just flowing. <laughs> now they're saying that the door was a hard boy. Oh. Now people are saying that they don't beat them again. You know those things. Like it means you have arrived. If they don't beat you again, like I'm doing. Like you are still a child. <laughs> I'll never forget that. I'll never forget it. But it was correction in the sight of people. There are times that God will allow you to go through an embarrassing situation as his correction for you. He does it, you know, in the presence of people. And that's his love. He said, those he loves, he corrects. And he says, those who are vagabonds, those who are not really of God, he doesn't correct. He allows them to be. The, the, the law will correct them in prisons. And when you steal and they beat you at home, that's your mom correcting you in a small way. So you never really have to pay the price of going to prison. So, it is what we have come to see love to be. That's why many of our sisters and brothers are easily deceived. I was telling a friend that have good relationships so that you don't easily fall in love when people show you friendship. Some of you don't know what friendship is. Like immediately, like me, I talk to my friends like four hours. So if I'm talking to you four hours, that's not love. If you start, if you start falling in love, like just because you had a deep conversation, or like some of you, no one is nice to you. Immediately, someone is nice to you. Nah, you start seeing flowers. You know, then the air that they are, that blows. Start blowing. It's just friend. Right. I said the lady, don't worry, we'll marry you. <laughs> <laughs> have quality relationships. So that when someone comes, they should have a bit more 
for you to fall in love. You get it. That's why the men here, when you give birth and you have daughters, take them for dinner. Mm. Take them for lunch. Buy them gifts. You know, compliment them. Some of you, your mother calls you and says, I love you. So hey, you after that, I you are dying. Because it will be very strange <laughs> for your parents to start telling you they love you. Like, is everything okay? Like, have you written your name? Where are you? Where are you? Like, are you in the hospital? You have cancer or something? Because those things are life and death. <laughs> We are not used if my mother does that now, I'll be very worried. <laughs> very, very worried. It'll be strange. You know. Why am I saying these things? When, when like me, my birthdays, my, my, my friends, a friend, you see. So if you can imagine if your friends buy you iPhones and all that. When a guy comes to buy you iPhone, oh thank God, like I found a friend. <laughs> so it means that you need more, like you get it, like my birthdays, every like every birthday is a surprise party. So now if you come and throw party, we are grateful, we thank God. <laughs> but like that's filios, that's friendship. Friends do that. You get it. Your friends don't show you a certain level of kindness. So when someone comes to show kindness or gives you a compliment, like you know, I, was, I, I met a lady and I spoke to her, you know, and then I think she was going home. So about 45 minutes later, I checked up on her that, are you home yet? Are you okay? She started falling in love. <laughs> oh, I'm serious. She started falling in love. I said, oh. Oh. <laughs> no one has ever really cared about me now to find out progress reports. <laughs> Like, they start to like when you are going to write an exam. Are you done? Like genuine, like these things. Oh, see, all of you get used to genuine friendships, so that you don't easily. The bar is not too low. Like you, the bar is not too low that when someone shows some kindness or is nice or passes a compliment, then you, you start seeing stars. Do you know why God is called our Father? Our Father. Our fa- God, our Father. There are some things that we need to get from our earthly fathers. You will never understand the concept of, you know, God the Father until you have an earthly parent that mimics. You know, he says, for we are his offspring. Do you get it? We are offshoots from him. It's like an amoeba who is reproduct- like reproducing, you know, happening in an amoeba. It's just part of it that breaks off. Like, you, it's that same amoeba that's dividing. It's the asexual reproduction. Then you see that amoeba will be and then part of it will coil in and break. Like it's that same thing. So if you are talking about reproduction, you are talking about maybe you are going to marry some Chinese or something, then we give birth to something that we are his offspring. Like you get it. Like it's like his arm has broken off and has become another body. Like you eat like we are his we, we are in in all forms and shapes, we are we are of God. Like, do, do you get what I'm saying? We are his offspring. We are offshoots. It's like a root that grew and then became another plant. It's that same plant that has divided asexually. It's just, let's say, the, the tail part of the amoeba by sexual reproduction has divided. Now the other one has become another. We are offsprings of God. So because our whole concept of fatherhood has become somewhere, your father, you know, when you see Gideon, and some of my nephews, they, whenever their mothers call uncle, it's like, uncle is coming. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> the spirit is coming. 
My nephew on the wall, two years. Whenever he sees me, he starts crying. Oh, that's not the image. And the memories I want to live in such a place. It's, it's so traumatic that, like, my presence brings pain. Like, when someone is misbehaving, they say, Uncle is coming. I ask him, I drove from my house at 12 midnight. And yet, I let him misbehave. Like, drove. He said, If you make me drive, Use my fool. When I got there, I try to. He will never forget it. When I saw him, I hit him at the feet, like with my feet too. And he fell down. Use his buttocks to hit the floor. Then I carried him. Yeah. And and more handled him that evening. Like he's. Settings went to family. <laughs> <laughs> you because mothers show love after a while, you don't respect. You now they say, Uncle is coming. <laughs> go to factory. But me too, I don't associate them with pain. Like you get it. So our concept of God the Father is so something because we have fathers who never cared for us who never provided for us, who never left any inheritance for us. But you really understand God the Father if you came, you know, in the family of the Queen of England, by your birth, you know, you are the Duke of Edinburgh or something, I just by your birth. You don't have to be intelligent, your IQ doesn't have to be high, you are just the Duke of Edinburgh. Like, it, it means that when they keep, like when they are working, like you are making headlines on CNN. Like, said, last time I w- looked at some front page, Daily Post. Daily Post. That even the deaths of Ghana, if a Kufado goes there, would make it to the back tower. Front, he says someone has gone shopping. One of the royals has gone shopping. So it has made front page. And people will buy and read. Because you are a royal. This one, if you were born in Choco somewhere, you know, no one respects your parents. You don't understand when we say, our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come your father has no kingdom even your house crap. <laughs> he's not really respected in the kingdom of your house because the house was rented and you have not paid the rent <laughs> that's why jesus christ came to show us what our relationship with the father has to be yes because if we look at our physical lives and there is nothing close to what our lives were really supposed to be like. So I want you to understand the problem with love is we define love in actions. The Bible said that the Father took pleasure in the sacrifice of Jesus, like pleasure in the cross, the pain of the cross, the disgrace that he was naked on the cross. The Father took pleasure because it was sacrifice. Right? The Father took it rose, that was like a smell, a sweet smelling savor. Whenever there is sacrifice, what rises up, you see, the pain goes up. But more important than the pain is the fragrance of sacrifice. Anywhere there is sacrifice. So whilst we men are defining pain, and why did he have to go like Peter, thinking he loved Jesus, by rebuking him and says, you cannot go to the cross. You cannot go and die. What did Jesus call him? Satan, get thee behind me. And the one who rather took pleasure in the pain, the suffering, the death of the cross, rather was the one who loved him. Listen, 
you have to become spiritual if you can perceive love. Love cannot be perceived. That, that's what we get into. You know, I was watching there's a new movie on Netflix. Someone, I don't watch movies unless they are recommended because I don't have time to now trying to understand what's happening. Like, who is this guy? Like, when did he come? Ah, so what? Like, some movies are slow. Two hours before you start, I don't have time. So someone recommended the movie. And it's like, do you know all the people who were abused later were in love initially? All the ones who are divorced in marriage, do you know they were in love? When my father died, and I was writing the tribute, my mom's tribute for her, she was dictating it to me. That's when I realized that my parents were really in love. <laughs> no, because we fought our dad because we thought he never liked our, our dad. Our mother, you asked Gideon. Gideon grew up to see some of the things. We, we, we thought our dad never liked. That was when my mother told me that every Friday they pick the car because at the time my dad had a car. One of the few people who had a car in this country, they picked the car and drove from home and came to Busika. That was a club. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and danced the whole night on Saturday. Then they were lodged somewhere. They were having trips. Like, even now you, you don't have trips. Yes, because my dad was a manager of a company by 22. 